Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 129 of On the Flank. I'm one of your hosts, John George, alongside Joe Kirkpatrick. Say hello, Joe. Hey, everybody. And Joe, obviously, been a while. We, we got the first week of the summer showdown under our belt now. Um, and it was kind of a crazy week with some crazy upsets in there, uh, especially in NA. Um, a lot of unexpected wins, you got to be honest. And honestly, the meta as well, all over the place. And I, I thought it might be different from the May Melee. We might get more of a squared off meta. But honestly, so far, super similar to the May Melee. A lot of different comps are playable. Um, a hell of a, a hell of a first weekend of the Summer Showdown. I got to be honest. I I enjoyed I enjoyed a lot of the games here. How would you feel about the first weekend, Joe? Overall, yeah, absolutely. It's um. The, the the format that they established right there at the beginning of the season, um, with the the different monthly tournaments, you know, hasn't gotten stale yet. So yeah, that um, the yeah opening week it felt like another another opening week, just like it did in April, just like it did in May, um, and now here in June as well. Yeah, being um, just as unpredictable, um, like you said, just as much variety. Um, it, it's super good stuff. Yeah. Um let's just let's jump into these games because there's some there's some great games especially on the first day um yeah the battle for europe paris versus london uh paris ended up winning 3-1 and taking three maps in a row to do it uh london with sparker of course now uh looked really good on map one i thought they were going to make this a good series but then just i think sort of fell flat the rest of the way through this one um but honestly Based off Paris's result later in the weekend, beating the Gladiators, looking back at this one, it might it might bode well for London as well because they had, despite two losses and going zero and two, I think they had two pretty good results. Joe, so let's talk about London first. Lose three one to Paris, and then um, the next day, the more impressive result is they take the San Francisco Shock to five maps, and I, I swear I thought they were going to win this one, man. And they looked like the better team. I can't believe they didn't end up pulling that one out. Um, so London Spitfire, they're still they're still winless on the year. Almost just beat the um, defending champion San Francisco Shock. Everyone wants to talk about Shock after that result. But first, let's talk about London, Joe. Are you impressed with this London team with Sparker? And is their is their first win coming soon? <laughs> yeah, it was a, a super good week for London. Um, uh, <laughs> definitely, definitely impressed for that. Um, uh, you, you alluded, you know, is their first win coming soon? Yes, this is currently the team that has the second longest loss streak still um, in the Overwatch League. But yeah, it was it was you know one control round away from being broken um, against the San Francisco Shock. Um, the yeah, if you start start looking at the Paris game for London. Um, um, they did look really nice. Like you said, started out strong, um, and and Paris, who also had a really amazing week. Like you said, we'll talk about them. But um, uh, came back later to finish it out. But yeah, um, you, you add Sparker, it's definitely an improvement. But honestly, I wouldn't even put it all on him. Um, as far as uh, lots of the the good stuff we received from this team, I mean, um, the, yeah, Sparker, I think you know is, is definitely an upgrade um, for the for London Spitfire. They have more flexibility now. Uh, they can make more decisions about the kind of things they want to do and the kind of ways they want to run. Um, but um, you, you still had the rest of the team stepping up too, whether uh, particular um, 
highlights for for Hadi and Mulfig in, in both their series this week. Um, uh, really stepping up um, and, and the sport line and, and all these kind of things. Um, they yeah, you can't really contribute that just to, to one per. You can't really attribute that just to one person. Um, but yeah, I, I think it definitely helps. Um, and yeah, one of the most um, <laughs> one of the most interesting teams to watch um, this week for sure. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I enjoyed it. I, they made the weekend more competitive for sure. I think there's, in my mind, basically only a couple teams in this league now that like won't just bring out a competitive game every time they play, and that is the Vancouver Titans and the LA Valiant. I, I will name names. Um, <laughs> yeah, right, London Spitfire. They came through this week with some entertaining games all around. I, I'm I'm excited. Uh, but let's move on to Paris, the other European team that beat London Spitfire to start this weekend off. And then had a real test in the LA Gladiators who, you know, going into this weekend, I thought Gladiators, this was the easy match. Obviously, they had shock earlier in the week. Um, but after once this game was coming up and we had to do it for a pick'em show, I was having a lot of trouble deciding who to pick, which I did not expect going into the game to to be thinking to myself do i pick paris to win this game and i think it was mainly because of the results it was mainly because of the san francisco london game because the gladiators earlier in the week take san francisco to five maps they beat them they finally do it um they beat their first they get their first very impressive win this season um but then the san francisco shot come out looking not impressive at all against the london spitfire and all of a sudden, I'm like, okay, is that win as impressive anymore? Um, did Shit. the Gladiators just beat a San Francisco Shock team that might be at one of their lowest lows since um, since 2019 or 2018, I guess, beginning of this yeah, league? It chose the worst week to beat the Shock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so going into this game, I, I think I ended up taking the Gladiators in five maps. So when it went to five maps, I was kind of excited because I was like, yes, now win, Gladiators. But then uh, Paris ended up reverse sweeping the Gladiators, winning 3-2. I mean, my God, this Paris-Gladiators game, it, it was crazy. It was crazy to watch. I mean, we were all, I was watching it with the Uprising, obviously. We were watching it it was right before our game and it was actually very important to the uprise to to our play-in um at the end of the year end of the year play-ins because paris is one of those teams that's super close with us in the standings so we were all rooting for the gladiators because we were like don't please don't let paris win we we need to be ahead of them um and we were all very pissed at the gladiators and I, I kind of agree with our players joe i think this was more of a gladiators throw than a pair than a paris win but at the same time, I at the end of this weekend, I think Paris is like a mid going into like top table team almost, um, and they deserve it. Like they can beat good teams. It's official. Uh, they took advantage of so many gladiators' mistakes in this match. What do you think of this match, Joe? Um, anyone on Paris you want to shout out? I mean, this entire team is outperforming our expectations, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this, um, particularly this Gladiators Paris uh, matches, though the one that I uh, highlighted to rewatch. If you go back and rewatch any match from this past weekend, uh, it's definitely a good choice. And yeah, um, it definitely highlights <laughs> the highlights worthy for Paris. Um, I'll give a shout out to Naga in particular. Uh, Paris was one of um, 
definitely not every team was doing this, but Paris was one of the teams uh, that was still playing the Echo, uh, even after uh, a lot more hitscan has been added to the pool. Because um, Nag, Naga's it, just a hard carry on Echo, let's be it, honest. Exactly. Like, so yeah, <laughs> yeah he, he was my, uh, my runner-up for my MVP for this week. Because, um, yeah, Naga single-handedly um, won Paris Anubis, which, of course, was the start of the reverse sweep. Um, nutty player, uh, <laughs> definitely the highlight there. But but yeah, just generally um, looking really nice. Um, th- there's the, the post match interview after again talking about Anubis. Uh, it was a really pivotal map. Um, post match interview with um, uh, Don, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, the ma- main tank player talking about you know uh, making audible calls and and <laughs> you know changing game plans when they need to. Like that's the kind of team. That's the kind of way you need to play in order to find the success, like uh, like beating the LA Gladiators. Um, anyway, it was just a cool match, uh, as far yeah. as that goes. Yeah, and I I want to mention props to Vestola as well, who came in came into this team like a couple of games ago at this point, and has helped Paris like rack up some wins. We just thought there was no way he could help him wrap up rack up. I mean, he came in for the Boston game at first and. They've won the last three out of the four games now um, with him on the rock. I mean, that's very impressive for a new player uh, to just fit right in and to, there to be no issues in a team game like Overwatch where, like, you need all six players to be performing at their best. So props to him as well. Overall, props to props to Avala for building this team. Props to just everyone everyone involved in this Eternal roster because once they lost all their players to Dallas Fuel, we, I think that's when we all called the season for Paris, let's be honest. I think we were like, uh, what, what are you guys doing? Uh, but they did it. They somehow have managed. And they, they're 5-5. Five and five. They're looking, looking like they can um, beat anyone right now and looking good for Hawaii in the Summer Showdown, to be honest. They with their remaining schedule too, Joe, um, I think they got two winnable games in Vancouver, and then a shock team that obviously is not doing well. Speaking of that shock team, let's talk about them next, I guess, Joe, because I, I think it's a very—I mean, they went one and one. It's not like the end of the. It's a very sad one and one to go, I guess, uh, because everyone is—it's is acting like it's the end of the world. I mean, obviously, going to five matches against London, almost losing to them. Not a good sign. Um, losing to the LA Gladiators in five maps. I'd say that's like a game. That's definitely a losable game. I was not like, after that, I wasn't like, oh shit. The reign of the shock is over. There's no way there's a three-peat. But after the London game, I was like, oh my god. Like, they're beatable. And even like, even even players and coaches on the uprising were looking ahead to our schedule in um, whatever the next one's called. Like, oh, the the countdown, uh, countdown cup. cup and they were like and they were listing off our teams and they called the shock a winnable game and i was like oh my god like it's gone <laughs> to that point <laughs> where the shocker is is a winnable game joe do you I, I just want to know your thoughts and feelings on the shock right now i mean are you just calling it right here are you are you agreeing are you like yep they're they're just a winnable match now are you are you do you think they'll bounce back do you think they will be that uh, impossible to be championship shock team again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's hard to say. Um, a close loss and a close win this week, uh, obviously against uh, Gladiators and London, respectively. Um, def- definitely not not the result we expected. That's definitely 
<laughs> fair to say. Um, and I, I don't expect next week uh, when they finish out their their countdown cup um, or their summer shutdown qualifiers. Uh, I don't expect the shock to go to a no next week. Uh, I'm not entirely sure whether it's uh, Houston or I believe it's Washington is the other team they play. Uh, who, or Paris. Yeah, there you go. Paris. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know whether it'll be Houston or Paris who beats them, but I expect that one of those teams will. Um, um, yeah, that it's, um, we, we knew the shock were mortal. We've seen, you know, their mortality. Uh, usually they're able to redeem it. Um, um, but, but yeah, I don't know. I think this is just more reinforcement for what we've been, you know, expecting slash suspecting, um, uh, during, during the season, a lot of the time is, um, yeah, the, yeah, shock are mortal, but just that, uh, the rest of the league um, has improved to such an extent uh, where you can see London have a really standout week, and and uh, you can see teams like Toronto having an amazing week. We haven't <laughs> talked about them yet. Yep. Um, that it's just coming out of nowhere. Um, um, the, yeah, the, the the shock has to um, continue to do more. I, you know, I won't say that they haven't been doing what they need to be doing. Um, but maybe it hasn't happening consistently, or you know, maybe it's uh, hasn't been happening to the degree that um, the the rest of the league seems to be demanding. I think that's that's good for the league. Um, but yeah, it's it's gotta it's gotta light a fire under you for the San Francisco shot because yeah, winning is the expectation. Um, winning, winning um, more decisively is the expectation. Um, and when you're not meeting expectations, you know that's that's a that's the thing you got to touch, and I guess this is just going on my San Francisco rant here. <laughs> um, the the other the other factor of this team, of course, this past week uh, was you know you lose striker, you bring in on, so you got Clister on Tracer, um, relatively new additions um, and, and change ups to the roster, uh, some coaching changes as well in the in the off off week for Shock. Um, but yeah, so there's some of those growing some of those growing pains as well. Uh, I feel like I, I, I don't know if it's a cast or cursed or what you call it exactly, um, <laughs> on Striker. Uh-huh. When <laughs> I remember on our last show, I very explicitly mentioned, "Hey, no more hero pools. It's gonna be great to see Striker on Tracer again." And then we never will. Yeah, um, I guess. Guess it was like a podcaster purse, curse. Yeah, podcaster. exactly. Um, but yeah, so a, a rough week for shocking, you know, both in and out of game for sure, but. Um, uh, but, but yeah, it's. Um, it, I assume something's going to change between week one and week two, but at the same time, like I said, I uh, with their really difficult matches coming up, I don't expect um, that they'll go to another next week. Um, which yeah, yeah which is, it'll be interesting for for play-ins and stuff as we've seen already. Definitely think it's reasonable to think they lose one of those games. Um, yeah, I it's at the end of the day, it's still the shock, and it's still coached by Krusty, who I firmly believe is the best coach in the league like i can't just think they won't bounce back somehow or at least look better this next week um if not yeah i don't know it's it might be time to start you know start worrying about the shock because they haven't made hawaii yet we're halfway through the season obviously and now like there's a possibility they go 0-2 this week. If they play like they did this last week, especially against London, I think they easily go 0-2. They lost to Houston earlier in this year already, and then Paris is just playing great. 
So you, you go 1-3, you're not making this. In fact, you go 2-2, two, two, there's a chance you're not making it to play-ins as well. So, man, it, it could just be three tournaments without Shock and Hawaii, which will be crazy. Because I, going into the year, I think we thought Shock was the favorite to go to Hawaii many times. Um, so, yeah, rough for them, but I, I, I wouldn't give up on them quite yet. Uh, Joe, you mentioned Toronto earlier. Let's talk about them because they're another 2-0 team alongside Paris and Boston. Um, the three, te- three, Of course, the three teams we all thought would go 2-0 um, <laughs> and be atop of these summer showdown standings. Uh, but, yeah, Toronto, you know, at the end of the week, I feel a little different about Toronto than I did after they beat Florida, I'll be honest. Um, and I think it's because Florida, as the week went on it's been revealed that maybe florida's just not as good as we thought um and definitely not as good as the beginning of the season but uh, but at the same time toronto's still impressed and speaking of players that have come in and molded really well into a roster out of nowhere and helped them actually look really good aspire for for the defiant uh has come in and he has been like the star player for this team winning like feel like a good amount of player of the matches when they win like he, he just looked great um and of course he came in when he uh tested positive for covid and um he needed to be there for him and now we actually got to see him and he together and i think that line is perfect it's great uh it's looking good for toronto overall that sato looked great this weekend especially in that win over over florida uh of course i was in five maps super close game and then they Easy swept the Vancouver Titans like you would expect them to. Uh, so a good start to the summer showdown for Toronto. Um, what say you about Toronto? You think they can uh, continue this on the rest of the summer showdown? They got the they got a tougher schedule, much tougher schedule uh, in week three here. Gladiators and Fuel. Do you think they can continue on their winning streak here? Oof, yeah, it's going to be tough. I'm really interested to see uh, how... Um... Uh, Dallas Fuel ends up playing uh, next week to try to make a better educated guess on that. But um, yeah, regardless of of the competitiveness of Florida, um, Toronto, yeah, like you said, really good to watch this week. Um, um, yeah, Aspire got player of the match against Florida. Um, uh, watching him play the tracer against Yaki uh, was super. Imp- er, excuse me, was it? Yeah, Yaki or PQB? It was no, Yaki. Yeah, yeah. Um, super impressive. Um, uh, again, just for a, for a new addition coming up from uh, uh, American Tornado is was his other most recent team. Um, uh, yeah, really holding his own and then sweeping the uh, Vancouver Titans obviously later in the week. Um, um, yeah, I, I I'll, it'll be definitely a, a bigger challenge once you get to teams like I already forgot who you said Paris and Glad- Shock Gladiators. Paris and- Dallas and, and Dallas. Gladiators and Dallas, yeah. Gladiators and yeah. Dallas. <laughs> Definitely yeah. talking challenges. Whatever teams they're playing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but yes, much much bigger challenges there. Um, and and like I said, we'll have to sort of see how this week two goes to evaluate that for sure. Um, with the Gladiators looking looking as solid as they are, though, um, I think uh, that's that's definitely going to be a hard match um, that we can say for sure at this point. Yeah. Um, uh, but, but yeah, Toronto definitely gets a shout out there. Uh, Aspire is my MVP for the week. Because, um, yeah, uh, he, he hopefully will get signed uh, permanently somewhere, if not Toronto. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sure somewhere will, somebody will use him. 
Yeah, he deserves it. I mean, this these were two huge wins for Toronto as well, by the way. They improved, improved they're 2-0 and in the summer showdown, but improved a 6-4 and overall, which I think we, we should definitely look at the overall standings more often here now as we get to the final stretch of the season. Um because that's when that's when uh, the cutoff line for play-ins and playoffs and all this stuff starts to come into play, and Toronto positions themselves well now after that two and zero. They're in fifth in the West in NA here, uh, so definitely looking good. Got got a spot over Washington, Boston, Paris, Atlanta, all these teams, um, Florida, of course, and they're right. They're only one game behind the Gladiators as well. So if they end up beating the Gladiators, um, they might take over that fourth spot which would be great uh so good week for toronto let's move on to um boston joe boston had another good start to another tournament of course they started off 2-0 in the june joust we were both super high on this team after that 2-0 start then they let us down they went 0-2 and then lost in the qualifiers and just had a pretty awful weekend they're once again starting the summer showdown off well. They 3-1 the Vancouver Titans and then 3-0'd the Florida Mayhem. Um, and overall looked good. They brought out a new starting lineup. Um, first time since Gable C has been on the team where he hasn't been the starter. They brought Punk in. Uh, they brought Color Hex in at some point, And they brought Gable C back in on against Vancouver as well. Um, so we got to see Color Hex for the first time this season. And he did well on the Tracer. Um, but yeah, overall a good, good start. I mean, they took, obviously Florida has been struggling, but Boston, I think still had a very impressive showing in that game, uh, against a struggling Florida team. And they, they just look solid overall. And of course I got to shout out, um, Valentine's Torb turret. Uh, I can't believe that Torb turret didn't get player of the match. I got to be honest. That Torb turret was carrying hard. Um, but yeah, what are your thoughts on Boston after after this first week? And maybe if you want to give a little prediction of how you think you, they'll do the rest of the way. I think they have Houston, Atlanta, so it is a tough rest of the schedule for them as well. Yeah, Atlanta in particular, I think, is is the, the bigger question mark there. Uh, obviously, we haven't seen them play um, in this summer showdown um, uh, meta quite yet, if you want to. Um, <laughs> characterize it at that at this Same point with houston as well but i, I it's, houston, it's will, houston will probably play brawl right if they're playing jangu they'll do brawl like they did in may melee i would assume because they were really good at that meta but yeah. um we'll see uh, but yeah as, as far as that goes i know um uh you wanted to shout out the the new zealander himself um the <laughs> punk there on the tank line <laughs> new zealander um, he, <laughs> your your mvp for the week yes. um uh, but yeah, playing like he deserves it, as far as that goes. So that's uh, it's super nice for Boston. Uh, and yeah, I, I think uh, I've, I've been saying um, uh, all year on the show. I think you know this is the the best iteration of Boston Uprising in in the org's history. Um, and you, you know, preseason, I was saying that sort of as a, a consolation um, consolation statement of like you know, hey, might might not do so well, but at least you know they're they're trying their best kind of thing. But um, but yeah, by this point, you know, looking really good and winning the games that um, the you know that you need to win, that you're supposed to win, um, whether that's like you said, Vancouver or or a Florida that was looking a little shaky, um, um, but, but yeah, the statement sweep there, 
Um, as far as Atlanta, Atlanta and Houston, yeah, those will definitely be harder matches um, than the two that we saw. Um, but then again, you know, Florida was supposed to be, uh, I think I had predicted it, uh, 3-0 the other way, if I remember right. Um, that was supposed to be a hard match, too. Um, and, and look where that went. Yeah. Or, okay, I called it 3-1 on my pickums, but at any rate. <laughs> Pretty similar. Um, but yeah, it's a good, really good place for, for Boston to be in, for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to see what they can do this time, maybe bounce back um, and do better this time around. I mean, two tough matchups, but we'll see. They they play in a couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, overall, I, I mean, that's NA for you, I guess. Um, we can move on to APAC, which uh, admittingly, admittingly I did, I've only seen the results of, basically, Joe, so I haven't delved into the footage exactly, but... Um, a good amount of 3-0s, especially on that second day. Um, I, I'd say the only result that really, the only results that really stood out to me are the Seoul wins, um, because Seoul won 3-1 against Chengdu, and then 3-0'd Hangzhou. Now I didn't watch these, so I don't know if this is more of, um, I don't know if this is more of Seoul finally coming out of the the woodworks and being like, hey, we're here. We're, we're, we're getting ready. It's almost playoff profit time. Uh, we can smell the playoffs coming. Um, or if it was more of, okay, Hangzhou and Chengdu are starting to die down. Like, they look good, but yeah, no, nah, it's it, it's starting to die down. I like to think it's more of Seoul because Hangzhou and Cheng, Chengdu both swept in their other matchups. Then again, it was against Guangzhou and the LA Valiant, so they probably should be sweeping that. Um yeah, I don't know. What what do you think, Joe? Did you watch any of these and and know better than me, or or what? I I've heard mostly that Seoul just looked pretty good this weekend. Actually, it looked probably the best they have all season. Yeah, I would uh, I would definitely agree. I was able to um, uh, to to catch some of these matches, um, you know, very early for us in North America. Um, uh, but, but yeah, Seoul looking really nice. There's a really nice um, sort of hierarchy building um, with. Uh, LA Valiant there on the bottom, obviously out of those six teams that played this past week. Um, but Seoul looking really nice on the top. Um, um, if we're sort of just summarizing Asia broadly here, um, my a lot of my bigger question marks um, are, are for Chengdu right now. Uh, again, who uh, did lose to Seoul earlier in the week, uh, but had a really, a really decisive win over Guangzhou. Um, who themselves had beat a New York that was looking pretty nice, um, particularly at the end of the June joust. Um, uh, so how it shakes down when Chengdu plays Philly and Shanghai, I believe are their opponents, uh, that's going to be super interesting to see uh, next week. Uh, no, they're playing... They're not playing at all next week. Okay, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chengdu is going to play Philly and Valiant. Um, yeah, so the, the Philly match in particular, I think, in week three of the Summer Showdown is going to be super interesting uh, once we get to that point. Um, but yeah, props to Seoul for this week, absolutely. Um, uh, once we add uh, some of those more top teams in the mix, um, specifically thinking about Shanghai and Philly next week, um, hopefully we, we get a better picture into into the way Asia is going to go this week. And I know they're still playing... Um, uh, pretty distinct compositions too, as far as that goes. Lots of wrecking ball still, 
um, broadly the region is, um, um, and that kind of stuff. It's it's a uh, it's interesting developments. Yeah, um, the only thing I know from the Apex games is watching like a little bit of uh, Plat Chat, and they were just complaining about the fact that Chengdu still is just on these ball comps and on awful compositions. And they also brought Tarot Cookie in, apparently, and he's just not that great. <laughs> um, so, uh, who, of course, they picked up uh, in this little break between the June Joust and Summer Showdown. So, yeah. Um, overall, in the APAC, I, I, I'm impressed by Seoul. It'll be interesting to see, as Joe's saying, once Philly and Shanghai get more involved here, especially Philly with Poco there and yeah, I'm super interested to see Philly play. Um, and it, we get to see Philly-Shanghai play each other, so that's going to be great. Shanghai, man. Wow, that's a, that's a tough schedule this this time out. Um, if Hangzhou at, le- at least is able to give them a run for their money. Because they got Seoul, Hangzhou, Philly, and then Valiant, which is nice and easy. Uh, but yeah, anything else to talk about here in the first week of the summer showdown before we move to the news, Joe? Um, uh, I guess we mentioned they had uh, a bunch of new um, uh, cast repairs. I didn't, I didn't get the backstory oh, yeah, yeah. of what caused that. I don't know if somebody was sick was, or something. Or yeah, B- Bren, Bren had some throat issues. Oh yeah, so we got to see, we got to see like sideshow and Mister X um, <laughs> and Uber and who was Uber casting with? Uh, Reinforce. <laughs> Wasn't it? Yeah. And now it was it was, Uber, or, no, it was Uber and it was Sideshow. A, yeah, it was just a bunch of people paired with Sideshow, basically. It was yeah. Uber, <laughs> Mr. X, Reinforce, I think maybe Custa at some point, too. So I it think It was a whole thing. Yeah, I think just a bunch of people ended up pairing with Sideshow because Brun wasn't there. Um, and it was pretty good. Pretty good stuff. Uh, yeah, a little variety there for you. Um, but yeah, I think that's, that's about it for this past week, as far as that goes. Sweet. Uh, okay, let's get into the news, which we got a good amount of since we haven't had a show in two weeks. Um, first up, Chengdu Hunters, as I mentioned earlier, they signed Taro Cookie, and he ended up seeing some play this week. Uh, good, Actually, was in a good amount of the time, most of the time. I think Jimmy subbed in from like one map or something. Um, but yeah, he was all right. Um, and then getting demoted was Kaneki, uh, who... Yeah, um, if you don't know what that means, um, Chengdu Hunters has a, an academy team, and he got demoted to it, called Team Chaser. So, yeah, he is which, no longer which, on the Which, to be fair, is a very good team. <laughs> yes, yeah, um, definitely is. Um, so, and they got some, like, two-way players on there, late young and Yvetel, um two-way players. So, yeah, some good players on that team. Uh, and Kaneki got uh, dropped down with that. Um so I guess maybe maybe they're trying to get him some more play playing time because I don't think he played much on this main roster, um, which I think is the point of or was what they wanted academy teams to be. So um, Chengdu using academy teams well. Um, Agape, um, an assistant coach for the San Francisco Shock, uh, ended up departing. Um, so I think that's another co- like Shock just keeps losing assistant coaches. That seems to be a trend. They sort of keep rotating in and out, which makes sense because you know the Shock has really good. That's what happens in like in 
um, like the NFL as well. Like when people are looking to hire new head coaches, they look at like the assistant coaches of like the championship team and try to get them. Um, so it, it, the same thing's happening in Overwatch League, I think. Like, um, I don't know where if Agape is finding a new team, but but in the past, Shock has had assistant coaches who have now gone on to be um, head coaches in other places. So. Um, that seems to be what's happening. As long as they still got Krusty, I don't think it's that big of a difference. But I guess <laughs> maybe it is making that big of a difference, Joe, because they did have a pretty bad week. Um, Beast retired. I actually missed this news, Joe. I didn't even know this happened. Beast retired? Yeah, I think it was um, after after the week of matches. So it was earlier this week. Um, mm. Yeah, yeah, it's... Uh... Uh, no longer be seen. So yeah, I guess um, I didn't really <laughs> hadn't even thought about much of the implications of that. But I guess um, it'll be a very you know a, a very different uh, Toronto uh, tank line once we see them um, next time they play. But uh, yeah, Beast, Beast Halo Beast um, uh, now stepping down from Overwatch stuff. Interesting. Okay. Um, did not expect to see that. Uh, yeah, Beast gone. All right. Um, some more people departing, Hangzhou Spark, Takuyaki, and then the big one for me is Godsby, who came into this league, and I remember um, thinking very highly of him and thinking he would make a big impact in the league. Don't think he made as big of an impact as I thought or other people thought he would, um, but still a big name in, in the Overwatch scene overall, so kind of sad to see him go. Um, and then Takuyaki leaving, who I think... Did he join this? No, he joined last year. Yeah, he joined like... Okay, well, he joined last November. So he did join for this year on the Hangzhou Spark. Um, and ended up leaving pretty soon after, it looks like. So Hangzhou Spark lose a couple of people there. Both of those players, I don't think, were too big in their success or too big in their game plan. So I don't think it matters too much. Um... Another big one for the shock, um, which was just nuts. I didn't expect to see either of these pieces of news. First off, Striker retired, which obviously everyone knows at this point. And that was very sad. Very, very sad. I was like, oh my god. This is like a legend in the Overwatch League scene. I did not think he would go. Um, but then Ans came back, and I was like, what is happening? Like, this Ans <laughs> retired at the beginning of the season. He didn't know, and he... He's a great player for the Shock, and we got to see him a little bit this weekend, but I think he still needs some time before he's like fully back into the thing, to the groove of the Overwatch League, I'm guessing, um, because he didn't look that great or impressive, but, and he wasn't really in there that much. Um, but these are two huge pieces of news for the Shock. I think getting Ons was absolutely big to like help the fans not be completely depressed by the fact that one of your star players, Striker, just retired. Um, I think it's huge to get Ons back, and I think as the season goes on, Ons might just start popping off again, especially if Hitscan becomes super good. But I, I just want to talk more about the striker retirement, Joe, because this is a big name. A big name gone. I mean, what do you think this means for the Shock um, overall? And I mean, are you worried like he did this? Like, what does it mean? What does it mean about his confidence in this team as well? Like, he retires halfway through the season. Um, 
Like, he couldn't just finish the season out. He had to go. Yeah, it's um, super interesting. Yeah, and they didn't really specify much about, um, you know, what happens. Um, uh, what is something, you know, behind the scenes or if anything happened at all. It's just sort of done. Um, um, you know, he, was, he was sick of not playing Tracer, uh, but he could have just held out for another week. It would have been there. <laughs> yep. um, uh, but yeah, it's 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 um, definitely out of left, left field for lots of people who follow the league. Um, uh, we said long career starting with uh, the Boston Uprising, even, um, and and moving on from there. Um, yeah, I was uh, I was surprised, and um, uh, like I said, I I had been planning on on seeing lots of striker this month, um, uh, and for for him not to be around at all is definitely um, um, it's, it's frustrating. It, it's 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 sad um, to see him go. Yeah, uh, and I you know I think. I think maybe it's not even talked about enough here in in reference to the games this weekend. I think it he's he's a big part of this team, you know. Um having him gone it definitely can affect the players, it can affect the room, it can affect how people are feeling. So yeah, I, I think he definitely had a big impact on this team and and him leaving is is huge for sure, especially since he was like almost a package deal with Krusty. Um, because they both came from the uprising to the shock, uh, and clearly we're both. The, the, Striker's always been coached by Krusty since he's been in Overwatch League, so that might be a big loss for Krusty himself as well. Um, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that ends up affecting Shock in the long term. But so far, has not been hasn't been a great change. Uh, but obviously, Ons getting re um, getting back in, into this team might take a little bit of time. Um, next up, Houston. When I saw this, this was kind of surprising to me as well. Uh, Houston dropping Hydration. Who, yeah, I, you know, he hasn't really, he's been every in every once in a while, I feel like, for this team. But, he, yeah, he hasn't really been, like, an, a key part of this Houston Outlaws team this year. Like in the past, where he would be on Orissa, or, like, would be just basically their general flex player playing anything they needed him to. Um, yeah, they don't. It feels like Jake's almost that player this time around. Obviously, on different heroes, but he's been flexing just all over the place. Uh, and with Happy and and Dante, like and KSF, Hydration's definitely definitely the fourth on that list. Like those are those are three really good DPS players alongside of him. So, yeah, I, I think it makes sense they ended up dropping Hydration. I just don't think he has. A spot on this team anymore unfortunately but he's still a good player so it's just the outlaws got better <laughs> than than him i guess uh what do you think about this drop joe yeah i think that's um i think that's a good assessment that yeah um super flex plan i think he can definitely be uh, a good contributor to um a, a team who would need him i guess <laughs> just Tight, flash across my head Titans, Titans yeah, or or Toronto was this team that yeah. just flashed across my head. Um, you know, if you if you're losing your main tank already, um, um, but yeah, it's um, it, 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 I think that's that's probably fair that he doesn't, he doesn't fit into the team that's sort of been created there at Houston. Um, 
um, despite having been, you know, a big part of its um, formation originally. He was one of um, the very few, I think there was more than one, but very few players that Houston um, kept from, from last season, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, to, to sort of build and, around Just him and Dante, Dante I think. Yeah. Yeah, um, they, yeah so like I said, I hope, I hope he uh, ends up there quickly. Or he ends up somewhere else. Um, as soon as we can. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, would be nice for him. Um, <laughs> so, I like this next note, Joe. Uh, Shockwave is actually in Korea, and uh, on our rundown, Joe promises this time because team actually could the team actually confirmed it. Um, <laughs> so, so Shockwave available for the Philadelphia Fusion in these next games, as well as Poco, and is that the whole team now? Uh, yeah, because because Poco wasn't actually there. That was the thing uh, yeah. that, that I mentioned two weeks ago or last show or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I don't think Poco's actually there, yeah. um, but I believe as I think we said Astro was, um, and Shockwave is now too. Okay. Cool. Sweet. Um, nice. Give me give me a full roster, Philly. I I want to see it this year, please. Yeah, hopefully before playoffs. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, all right. Uh, Ash Deadlock Challenge is underway, and if you've played Overwatch any time in like the past week, you know that for sure. Um, yeah, of course, just another one of those challenges where you, where if you rack up points, you get a skin, and this time it's an Ash skin um, that came along with a comic. It's basically just an origin type skin. Um, that's actually pretty similar to her skin now, to be honest. Um, especially the gun is literally the same, uh, but still a cool <laughs> skin. Um, if you want to get it, her hair's like longer. I think there's some key differences in there. Bob looks different as well. Uh, but yeah, overall a nice skin to have and crossplay went live with that patch as well. If you didn't know. Uh, so if you have any, if you're a PC player, have any friends on PS4, stuff like that, uh, you can play with them now. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, notably, it's um, you mentioned it's a comic that came out. It's actually a, a full length novel. Uh, or oh, I know, not a comic. I, I, I don't. I don't know how. I don't know how <laughs> long full length is, but um, but it's like it's like an actual like book that got written uh, for oh. ages twelve to eighteen. Um, in the years oh. after the Omnic Crisis, the American Southwest is ruled by vultures looking to profit off the chaos. The West is ripe for the taking, and Elizabeth Caldonia Ash intends to write her name across it. Wow. The... Anyway, but yeah, so you can you can buy a book, uh, but also yeah, play the play the thing. Watch um, uh, watch sprays. You get up to six hours, and you get six sprays on Twitch. Um, and so they they very recently changed um, the structure. I think it was maybe for the Baptiste challenge when we had that. No, it was the one before this. I think uh, that the structure is now you have to play um, twenty seven games instead of winning nine. Um, well, you have to, you have to play twenty seven games, and but if you win, you get two. You get credit for two. It, it's a lot more convoluted to explain than just play nine games or win nine games, but. Um, but yeah, that's there. As is crossplay. Mention that. Um, um, and so all the the uh, parity adjustments that they put out um, are there now. So it's a little bit harder to play console crossplay 
Um, as far as that goes, um, nice. I think that was it. Yeah. Um, nice little live patch. I think the current season is ending in a day as well, so um, might want to oh, check that go. out if you want to get your ra- ranking up before the season ends or anything. Yeah, um, and so that Ash Challenge goes until uh, July 9th, so it's a week from Friday. Um, okay. It's been going on for more than a week already, but uh, yeah. Still got some time. I already got my skin, so I'm I'm happy. Um, but yeah, uh, some experimental patch notes came out. Actually, really interesting experimental patch notes that um, have... It's one of those patch notes that has a group change for just a bunch of heroes. They're changing some uh, a specific thing. Joe, you're the patch man. You explain it. Yeah, um, exactly. It's proven patch coming through. Um, the, the big change on this patch is for the Hiscan heroes. Um, and they all, I believe, have damage fall off. Um, and the way that works is there's a minimum uh, range at which fall off begins, and there's a maximum range at which fall off ends. So anything before the minimum range does full damage, and anything after the maximum range does. Um, that minimum amount of damage um, uh, with the exception I want to say of Widowmaker no it, that wasn't the case uh, <laughs> yeah so that, that's all the hit scan heroes um, but now um, that minimum value at the maximum fall off range uh, used to be 50% damage um, but it's been reduced now to 30% damage um, for the Hitskin heroes, so that's Ash, McCree, Soldier, Widow, but also Baptiste, uh, Bastion, and Wrecking Ball, whose weapon is uh, happens to be Hitskin. I think Diva's technically is too, but her fall off is is <laughs> works differently. Um, um, yeah, so, so that's that's the big change there. Uh, but then also a couple notes uh, for Bastion. Uh, his weapon spread while he's in recon mode, which is the one that he can move in. I always have to think about that because I never remember what they're called. Uh, where he's walking around, his weapon spread is decreased. Um, soldier's tack visor um, uh, will now disable damage fall off entirely. So you get full damage while you're using tack visor no matter what the range is. Uh, which is interesting. That's an interesting, you know, buff for the ultimate without, like, making it too crazy, or you know, because the all the ways you can counterplay it are still exactly the same. Um, so that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and the change for Widowmaker as well, uh, where her fall off range has been increased as well as the fall off change there. Uh, so now, fall begins at 70 meters and ends at 100. Um, and the the entry I skipped here on this experimental patch list is Diva, um, and they uh, in the you know developer notes um, they indicated this is a change particularly made in light of Echo, uh, who can obviously build several Diva bombs at once. Um, so the the Colmec ultimate, the area at which it does damage has been reduced from three to two and a half meters, um, and uh, Pilot Diva can no longer build ultimate charge. Uh, while her mech is exploding until after the mech detonates. Um, so if you're just playing regular D.Va, that doesn't really matter to you much because you're not going to build um, the, you know, an entire other alt before, before your mech explodes. It's just not feasible. Uh, but if you're playing Echo D.Va, um, it's possible on in the normal game, you know, you throw your, you throw your mech um, and then you can 
shoot somebody a couple times and the old charge rate is so fast uh, that you can actually build you know the Colmec ultimate before your original one explodes and then it's a whole thing and you get a bunch of diva bombs yep. um, but so that changes is intended to to get rid of that yeah and I think it's like mainly like they don't want players to be not only be worrying about this echo diva bomb that's just been thrown out but they don't at the same time they have to worry about oh shit is echo gonna call mech and deal 250 damage to me as well like they, they just don't want players to have to worry about these two things at once where obviously the call mech change it's is still ridiculous i think i, I can't believe that, that that's still in the game to be honest <laughs> I, I mean it's hilarious um but it felt like it felt like a weird experiment at first that it still feels like one that and it's just like super frustrating whenever it happens to be honest <laughs> whenever i get one shot by a by a call mech i'm like oh <laughs> um but yeah uh, very interesting and overall obviously the biggest change here is that hit scan change because it's it, 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 i mean a lot of people theorizing like this is like more towards overwatch 2 um, where hitscan, according to a lot of pros, they think hitscan will be busted if there's only one tank. So um, people thinking, oh, they're getting us used to hitscans being nerfed and hitscans playing a certain way. Uh, so, yeah, should be interesting. I don't think it should affect the game too much, too much besides making it closer, basically. Like, I think hitscans should still be viable. They'll just... Yeah, you just won't get like a long range ash or anymore, basically, because McCree and Soldier are already played pretty close, if you ask me. So I don't think they'll they'll be affected too much. Yeah, I've heard I heard it explained like um, is it's sort of narrowing down the hit skin fields to like you'll want to be more precise about who you play at what range, basically. Mm -hmm. um, based on how they're like intended to be played which i think is probably a good thing <laughs> yeah definitely and obviously that was like one of the biggest complaints uh after that uh, that 5v5 announcement stream was every pro was like hit scans are gonna be like widow's gonna be a huge issue so i'm glad they're like hey we're, we're already on top of this um but yeah those are those are the experimental patch changes not live yet so um, be on the lookout for that, I guess. Um, the Guangzhou homestand got cancelled, and I believe it's because of COVID-19 uh, in uh, Guangdong. Um, yeah. So, yeah, they had to end up cancelling that because the COVID situation getting worse over there for the charge. I think they, I think the Spark stepped in and took it over, I believe. So. Oh, I hadn't seen that. I don't know. Yeah, that's what I saw on Twitter at some point. I think that so then this one is hosted by Shanghai, right? And then um, Countdown Cup now instead of Guangzhou will be Hangzhou once again, who already had the June joust, but um, they've stepped in and they're going to do another one. So, which I'm sure they don't mind. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, first one look look pretty great. Uh, but yeah, that's it for the news. Let's move into week two predictions here for the summer showdown, Joe. Um, and we, we got some good games here with some, obviously, some teams we haven't gotten to see yet. Um, but let's start out with one that we were already hyping up earlier in the show. It's Paris-San Francisco. 
to lead off this entire weekend. These are two teams we already have seen, so it might be an easier one to predict. Um, but at the same time, I think it's a super hard one to predict. And Joe, I have to go first because I'm in the lead now, which is crazy. Um, I've come all the way back. I'm I, I'm I'm winning 102 to 101 in the pickums. So yeah, uh, I had. Um... Oh, and in fact, I think it's uh, two or two to two at one. We're already up to two hundred points. Oh, two, um, two, two. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, but yeah, I had um, not some great weeks. You had a perfect bracket for the June Joss playoffs, and then uh, uh, made up the rest of the deficit uh, there in in week one. Um, so yeah, you're up first. Go for it. Okay, uh, Paris, San Francisco, very hard one. Uh, immediately, I mean, obviously, San Francisco coming off a. Huge loss, and Paris, um, yeah, obviously having a great weekend. Beating the Gladiators a huge upset. I'm going to come out and say, yeah, no, it's a crusty shock team. They are not going to take this very close win against London lightly. They're going to come into this Paris game um, wanting to win, and they're going to want. They're not going to make the same mistake as the LA Gladiators that I think LA Gladiators. That was their game to win against Paris. They didn't do it. I, I, I think the Shock have better mentals. I think they're going to be able to pull this one out. And I think it could be an easy sweep, to be honest. I mean, the Gladiators almost swept the Eternal before they boomed. So, yeah, I think I think Shock will end up winning this one, Joe. What do you, who do you think will win this one? Yeah, um, like I, I said earlier in the week, um, or earlier in the show, I should say, um, yeah, I don't expect... Um, uh, shock to go two and zero this coming week. Um, maybe that means they drop it against Paris. Uh, in my pickums, I've actually got this all going all the way to five maps, uh, but in the end, I am um, um, uh, leaning into shock. I think here for this match, um, uh, and I, I may I may want to pick more aggressively if I'm trying to <laughs> overcome a deficit. I don't know, <laughs> uh, but at, at least for now, um, I, I am going with shock here. Um, which I suppose you can predict then I'm going to pick later uh, for one of our one of our other highlights uh, this coming week. But uh, but yeah, I think out of out of shocks matches this week, um, this is uh, one they're more likely to win. Nice. Uh, next up, we got Atlanta Washington, which is interesting. These are two teams we haven't seen in the showdown yet. Last time we were seeing both these teams, they were both super hot. To be honest, Washington uh, they had a hard. I mean, they had a pretty bad June joust, but to be honest, that second week when they finally brought Decay back, they actually looked really good. Uh, they went one and one, but they had a very tough schedule. Um, their loss was to the shock, so and they still look good against them. Um, yeah, I, I mean, Washington coming back here with Decay back in this meta, they look good in May Melee. June joust so far pretty similar to May Melee, so I expect them to be good. And then Atlanta, when we saw them in the May Melee, not great. Um, definitely not as great as last on the June Joust when they ended up making it to Hawaii. So that's why this is super interesting. You got Atlanta, who definitely is the better team as of late, but if we're basing it off of how they did back in the main melee, Washington was definitely the better team. Um, but I, uh, making a pick here, this is very tough. I do think this could go five. And I will say, I will say Atlanta picks this one up. While Atlanta has been better as of late, I do think this game is more important to them in the overall standings. Atlanta's still 4-4, four and four, still like near the bottom of the standings right now. 
Uh, they need to pick up wins where they can get them. And I think they'll just keep riding this momentum train. I'll pick Atlanta to win this one. What you got, Joe? Mm. It makes things interesting. Um, um, yeah, because I went through and, and thought about these in advance um, to try to come up with my own picks. And I think initially I was also thinking Atlanta. Uh, I think they're, they're maybe a, a safer pick um, for this match. Again, because, yeah, most recently Washington not looking too hot. Um, it's it's still a team that I have a lot of um, um, respect for. I guess a, a lot of a lot of high expectations for is is the what I'm trying to say there. Um, and um, it, it, yeah, it's just a giant question mark since we haven't seen them recently. Um, hmm. uh, maybe I'll I'll try to go different here um, and pick Washington. I think it's um, another another close game. It's it's still going. Um, it's still going five um, five maps in my pickums um, again. So if it, that'll be a ten map day <laughs> if it works out that way, but um, uh, but yeah, hopefully Washington's able to to bounce back and and um, back me up here in my pick. <laughs> yeah, um, I think that's a reasonable pick as well. I do think this is definitely a five mapper. Like this, we obviously haven't seen these two teams either. It's just a tough pick. Um, after that, we're picking another shot game. This time they're facing Houston, uh, which the last time we saw these two teams face off, it was in the May Melee, the f the first weekend of the year, I'm pretty sure, and the Houston Outlaws ended up winning against the San Francisco Shock and looking great while doing so in a huge upset. Um, this time around, different circumstances for both teams. I think Houston still looking good overall, but has definitely cooled down in a lot of people's eyes in comparison to where they were in the May Melee, where everyone was like, okay, this is like, after that week one, everyone's like, okay, Houston's like atop the power rankings now. But I think overall, while Houston is still 7-1, and one, has a fantastic record, I think overall people are, especially after the June Joust, are like, okay, they're still like, not the best, but like, almost there. Um, so this matchup is going to be super interesting. Um, yeah, and it's tough to pick as well. I'm going to pick Shock twice this week. I'll go 2-0 bounce back week for the Shock. Um, I, I think they especially want their revenge in this game. I, I think this week we're going to get a, a a heated up San Francisco Shock team that just wants to win both of these matches so badly. Because they're going to want to bounce back after that London game against Paris. And then the Houston game, they're going to want to bounce back and beat Houston after they lost to them earlier this year. Um, so I got a 2-0 week for the Shock, despite their downward spiral of sorts as of late. Uh, they're still a really good team, obviously. Um, who you got in this one, Joe? Um, yeah, so I've said it probably six times already today, so I'll just pick <laughs> it quick. Um, th yeah, I'm going to pick Houston, I think, for this matchup. Um, uh, it's going to be an exciting match. It's going to be a revenge match. Um, uh, all that is definitely true. Um, um... And so, for me, uh, it definitely could go could go either way with these shark matches. But, um, um, but yeah, I think it, it may it may closely uh, end up being a loss here. Uh, which yeah, like we like we talked about, um, you know, it, it'll result in um, San Francisco looking at two and two with a um, unless they just sweep Paris with a not great map differential either. Um, so that'll be that'll be very interesting to see where that puts them. Yeah, two very important games for them, for sure. And two, they're going to be hard, for sure. 
Um, next, APAC, Philly, Shanghai Dragons. I mentioned it earlier. This should be a really cool matchup between these two teams. Um, is this the f- first time they're facing off? No, they faced off in like the May Melee qualifiers, right? Yeah, and that was a win for Shanghai. I went back and looked because I was surprised that we hadn't seen more of it. But yeah, this, this yeah. is their second time all season they played. Yeah, so this is like the top of the APAC matchup in everyone's eyes, for sure. Um, and hopefully Philly's back to where they were in the May Melee, because obviously in the June Joust they looked rough. Um, and if they are, this should be a hell of a match. Um, unfortunately, uh, a rough game to have maybe with all your a good amount of your players back at this point um because shanghai is a very tough opponent obviously they're the defending june joust champions um and for that reason it's going to be hard for me to pick against them or to pick them joe i'm gonna pick shanghai to lead off for predictions here a safe and boring pick i'll pick shanghai um who you going with joe Yeah, uh, <laughs> I think there may end up being um, a discrepancy between the way I pick in my my pickups <laughs> for points and the way I pick just audibly on the show. Um, um, yeah, because because in my in my my pickups online, I do have uh, Philly taking it in five maps. Uh, I've got lots of five maps this week, which is probably not a great strategy, but you know whatever. Um, uh, the, 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 I do have Philly taking it in the pickups right now. Um, I'd love to see them um, come out swinging against the Guangzhou Charge uh, on Saturday morning uh, to to try to solidify that in my in my head. Um, and I guess I suppose that's the only one that matters because that's the only thing we're keeping score. So sure, yeah, I'll pick Philly. Uh, I'm going for <laughs> Philly here. Um, it's not like if I say Shanghai and put that on the graphic, it's going to change the score at the end of the week. So. Um, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, we're, we're going we're going very daring here this week. Um, <laughs> picking Philly against Shanghai. I, I think um, really this is a game that they really need to win, though, if they're uh, serious about being taken seriously in the in the division that's just been dominated by Shanghai for you know all year basically, um, with possible exception of Mei Mei Chengdu. Uh, who they also lost to so <laughs> um yeah so this is um definitely a, a big one for for philly and hopefully they can pull it out oh yeah um super big one i mean good good choice on the preds this week as well joe four really good games hopefully um but yeah and uh i hope i get to keep the lead after this week it feels good to be back um uh, before we sign off, though, we Joe has added breaking news. Uh, <laughs> NYXL has announced on Twitter now that they are signing off-tank Kalios, uh, who was in the league before. He was on the Boston Uprising in Season 1, and he hasn't been in the league since. Um, and now he's back, I think, most recently on WGS Phoenix, maybe? Yes, in Contenders? Yep. yep. Uh, so, yeah, welcome back to Kalios. Um, playing for the NYXL now. Um, so yeah, congrats to him. Should be an interesting pickup. We'll see how much he's used. Yeah, coming alongside uh, Yuck Pung and Bianca, they're on the tank line. Yeah, um, yeah, it's good. It's good stuff. Oh yeah. Um, anything else before we sign off here, Joe? 
Uh, I did have one more thing, which was uh, to say shout out to Punk for <laughs> liking our tweet. Um, <laughs> of course, he did. Um, that we mentioned, uh, we mentioned him when we tweet out the MVPs for the week. Um, so yeah, shout out to Punk, who I assume probably doesn't <laughs> listen, but maybe he does. I don't know. I don't think he does. If he does, <laughs> hello, hello, Layton. Um, yeah, uh, thank you all for listening as well. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow my personal Twitter at JWGeorgeIV. Joe's is at Kirkpatrick underscore Inc. INC. Uh, our show Twitter is at On The Flank Show. Go follow it for power rankings, predictions, all that good stuff. You're listening to this one way. If you want to listen to it in a different way, we're on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play. Thank you guys for listening and enjoy another big week of the Summer Showdown. <laughs>